everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. Um, this is our first post-shitty um, explosion review. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, how you doing, Brad? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I, I'm doing well. I can't complain. Um, I was ecstatic with last night's episode um yeah it was a very good episode i expected that from them mm-hmm. because from uh just in general they tend to they rebound really really well yeah. from when they have mishaps and from everything that i heard um or everything that i've heard and this could just be rumor but um it was it was execution, and it was uh, it was a misfire. Essentially, it was just uh, like in in demolition when something uh, or in demolition. There's a lot of there's a high failure rate. Mm-hmm. Where sometimes shit just doesn't have shit just doesn't work. Yeah, right. if you've ever watched like those videos when they implode buildings and stuff, like a lot of times it's like, oh, it didn't happen. We got to come back tomorrow, and like they'll have to reset everything and. Yeah, it's like a sixty percent chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, uh, if that's the case, maybe, maybe don't take that risk on your show. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> and who knows if that's if that's the reason why? I've just uh, heard from people who on Twitter who do demolition who said, "Yeah, this this happens. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you check it, recheck it, recheck it, recheck it, and then it just misfires." Yep. And that's that's just the way it is. It's part of the part of the gig, and uh, but yeah, they uh, it was good. It was, yeah. they rebounded really, really well. Yeah, um, they did a good job of uh, accepting it and moving forward. I'm glad they mm-hmm. did that. I'm glad they didn't try to like hide it or something. They just that's when you're in that situation, you just gotta okay, this happened, and we're just gonna move forward. You kind of got to be in on the joke too a little bit, so that way people mm-hmm. won't want to make fun of it too much anymore. Yeah, it's like you can't really like all the people who are making fun of it. It kind of rings hollow now. Mm-hmm. After uh, that, that's the best way of dealing with. Uh, yeah, especially when we get troll. to after Kenny's promo you can't with really trolls, make... essentially. Yeah. Like if you uh, if you laugh along with the troll, then they get they get upset. Mm-hmm. Yes, which okay. is often why I make fun of myself, because then if I'm making fun of me, then who else can make fun of me? Exactly. Okay, so first I want to talk a little, about a little bit of news. Um, we have uh, the first episode of Dark Elevation happening next, this coming Monday. Uh, the At least one match has already been filmed. It was filmed last night, and that was Jungle Boy versus Danny Limelight, which is a phenomenal first match. I'm really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Going forward, we probably won't be covering um, uh, Dark Elevation, but you never know. Just because we'll we'll just run out of time, and I don't think people want to hear us ramble on for two plus hours. Yeah, <laughs> only on special occasions. But I will run through the card that they have announced so far for this Dark Elevation because it's actually very good. It's very mm-hmm. interesting card. So that's the first match. Then they have. Brandon Cutler versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Tay Conti versus Ashley Vox, which is interesting because um, Ashley Vox just stated the other day that 
if she were to sign with a major company, she wants it to be AEW. So that there you go. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Dante Martin versus Max Caster. Then we have Jungle Boy versus Danny Limelight. And the main event is actually going to be Riho versus Maki Ito. Yes. He's like, holy shit, they're yeah. coming out swinging in this they, first they episode. They wanted me to watch the show by making that the main event for sure. <laughs> I was like, god damn, okay, AEW Dark Evolution. Okay, first of all, change that name. That's too yeah, just, long. Just call it Elevation. You don't got to call it Dark Elevation. Just call it Elevation. Yeah, call it AEW Elevation. <laughs> it works. Um, it's like a, it, it's yeah, and I'm it's a tongue twister. Yeah, I like that they're using as Maki Ito as much as they can, uh, for their well, while she's here in the states. Yeah, hopefully they'll be. I mean, again, online it has her listed as a freelancer, so you never like we don't know her contract status mm-hmm. outside of America. Maybe all her commitments are done. We don't know that. Maybe. Um, I've heard that she is signed to her idol contract, but I don't know if that's the case because her her uh, her whole thing is that she's the fired idol, but maybe that's just a gimmick. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. Then another big piece of news is the fact that Kenny Omega is going to be facing either Rich Swan or Moose, title versus title, at their next pay-per-view, yeah. which is going to be huge. Yeah, and Moose and Rich Swan are facing each other this weekend mm-hmm. which i heard there's spoilers out so if you don't want to know i try to stay clear of those yes. spoilers we won't we won't spoil that here mm-hmm. also i believe those rebel or not rebellion those um what are they called they're like the show that they have this weekend uh i, I don't know I, I can't remember the name but it's, sort, it's almost like a mini pay-per-view and i'm mm-hmm. fairly sure they're free yeah i think so i think they put them up like they do impact yeah, I watched her on Fight TV or something for free. Yeah, because I watched Kenny's match for free last time mm-hmm. um, when it was out there, and then the Rebellion show, I believe, will be will not be free. That's one of their paid pay per views. Yeah. So that's intriguing going forward. It looks like Kenny's going going to continue the um, belt collector gimmick. I do sort of hope that they would. I kind of wish they would marry the two stories a little bit more because mm-hmm. Kenny on dynamite doesn't seem to mention that he's a belt collector at all. That's yeah. only on impact. I wish they would talk about that as opposed to just being like Kenny in two different universes. Mm-hmm. That would be, that would be my hope going forward, but we'll see. I would like to see a little more impact involvement on AEW as well. Like maybe, Moose or Rich Swan shows up, and then we can actually talk about that. Yeah, shows up and tries to fight Kenny. That'd be good. Okay, so yeah, so on to on to Dynamite this week. Again, this is uh, this was all about could AW rebound from the controversy at the end of Revo- uh, at the end of Revolution. How will they explain the explosion and Kingston selling? And also, I really have to give it to the crowd last night. They were hot as hell and much louder than they were on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's because they had Austin Gunn in the crowd the whole time. Yeah, like it was. It felt like a packed. <laughs> it sounded like a packed house. I don't know if they mm-hmm. mic'd the crowd differently. It's weird. You'd think that they would have the mics the same way for each show, but on Sunday, I 
I felt I felt like the actual crowd, like the fans, were noticeably quiet. Mm-hmm. Whereas the fans last night, it felt like they were, like, <laughs> like at ringside. It was really, it was really pronounced the difference mm-hmm. between the two shows. So kudos to the fans last night. I don't know if the people buying for pay per view are coming from out of town and they're not the regulars. Maybe that's why. It could be. And the regulars just happen to be a little louder. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, you'd think with everything going on, I don't know. I don't know. Florida's weird. They they let people come in and stuff. That, I don't know. That seems, that's not the first time that's happened. Because I remember like every AEW show with the crowd was always hot, no mm-hmm. matter what. And then the first full gear happened and people were like, why can't we hear the crowd? So it's, it's very... Yeah. Maybe Sometimes, they do make it different for the pay-per-views. It's possible. And it could, because you never know. It could be like, because they're working with TNT. Like it could be somehow the the people who are in charge of miking are different for TV than they are for the pay-per-views. Could be. Because they're not working with TNT. And I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm completely going off the top of my head, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of makes sense because you know TNT does basketball, and mm-hmm. I'm sure they know how to <laughs> do the light. Well, we'll we'll get to basketball here in a little bit. But. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the the AEW crowd knows that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about the first match, which was Ray Phoenix versus Matt Jackson. What were what were your ex- expectations for this one, uh, Brad? Pretty much just a fast paced, high energy match, which is what we got. This match was very good. It was a lot of fun. That was my expectations going into it too, and they were met uh, happily. Yeah, I was uh, I was excited for this one because you knew that they were going to want to right the ship right away, mm-hmm. and uh, having Matt Jackson in there facing Phoenix. We've previously seen Nick Jackson facing Phoenix. That was an absolute early banger from early Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw this one. Matt Jackson is the the more methodical, uh, a little more down to earth brother with his with his offense. Yeah, so it the, was as flashy. Mm-hmm. Like you would think that the better matchup for him might be against Penta of the two brothers, which mm-hmm. you never know. We may see that down the road. I imagine we'll be seeing Nick versus Pack next. Yeah, um, which that'll be very good too. Whenever oh, that happens. It's going to be phenomenal. This whole little mini... I think this is a mini feud. I don't think this is going to be long-term, but you never know. Um, yeah, I don't see it going too long. But yeah, the this match was announced after Pack and Phoenix won the right to face the Bucks for the title. The beginning of this match started slower with, with a few lockups, some chain wrestling, and it's that's as it should be because this isn't... This is the starting. This is the start of a build for the two <laughs> teams. You don't want them going and just like uh, throwing head kicks right away. Yeah. Like, like in contrast to the Bucks versus Jericho and MJF, where they started the match by by with a double leg takedown and just hammering their faces. Like this yeah. is this is very different. Um, we do, of course, see the 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 match pick up steam and when we do we see phoenix he's just overwhelming 
overwhelming Jackson, causing him to try to regroup on the outside. When he does, Pack is always skulking nearby, just an ever-present <laughs> yeah. threat. Just like in his honestly, full ring gear too. I love it. I love that he's always when he's even if he's in a backstage promo, he's just in full ring gear. We have never seen Pac in AEW outside of his ring gear. I know, he's never worn that, a shirt. Yeah, even at that first press conference, like the uh, like press event, he walked out in his full gear. <laughs> he's never worn a shirt. I love yeah. it. I mean, if you had abs like that, I I would never wear a shirt either. Probably. Oh, of course not. Um, but as we know, the outside of the ring isn't safe from Phoenix's offense. Each time mm-hmm. Mac Jackson goes outside to escape, Phoenix still hits him with a with a tope or a flying arm drag, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. is wild. Um, Phoenix really carries the offense mi- into the middle section of this match. Um, until Matt Jackson reverses a top rope Hurricane Rana with a power bomb, which was awesome. Yeah, that was really nice. Then Jackson does something that he'll likely only ever do against someone like Phoenix, and he slows the match down. <laughs> like, you're never going to see a Jackson try and slow the match down, but against Phoenix, that's your only hope. Yeah, that's what you got to um, do. So he starts grounding Phoenix, uh, going for his back, hitting with submissions, hitting him with backbreakers. Um, this proves to be effective as Phoenix is unable to effectively pick up Jackson for an attempted slam, probably going for a, a DVD, which he likes to, which he likes to do. Um, as we head toward the end of the match, Jackson's hitting hits a hits a slingshot destroyer, which sends Phoenix rolling to the outside onto the floor of which where Matt Jackson just hits him with another destroyer. Yeah, just immediately <laughs> goes out and hits him with another destroyer. Um, then he gets him back in the ring. He, he locks in the sharpshooter on the injured back and you're just like, okay, this is a, this is going to be a sure tap out, but nope. Uh, Phoenix gets to the ropes. Um, then Phoenix accidentally kicks Nick Jackson in the head with a, with a sliding drop kick. Matt responds by just sliding out of the ring and just super kicking the head <laughs> yeah. off Pac and Pac sells this like a fucking champ. Yeah. He just drops his good. He drops to one hand and like mm-hmm. the other arm is just sort of circling in the air. Like Pac's a master bumper. Mm-hmm. Um, then the two, the two of them go toe to toe in the ring with strikes um jackson goes for a for a tombstone phoenix reverses it going for the hitting with the pile driver for the one two three um i'm probably underselling the match a bit by saying it's i thought it was a four-star match but i kind of felt it was a four-star match because honestly they were a little reserved and you know that's because it's the first match of their feud yeah of this feud they're gonna build up to some absolutely mind-numbing matches later on this was just so good i don't we didn't even see the uh the phoenix um land in the crowd nope this match so there you go they they held back that for the tag match yeah <laughs> after all why why shouldn't i land on the railing every yeah. time <laughs> yeah so uh no this is great i loved it it's a fantastic start to the show yeah, I imagine they'll do Pac versus Nick soon, and then mm-hmm. probably after that they'll set up the tag match. Yeah, probably two weeks. Mm-hmm. 
Um, next week is actually a, a big show. It is another one of those little mini specials that they do. So I'm excited yeah. about that. And this one has the best name ever. I love the oh, name of this one. What is it called again? St. Patty's Day Slam. It's, it's so such, it's so WCW. Yeah, it's so I that's what I say on Twitter. It's so it's such a wrestling name that I just love it so much. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, talking about talk about fantastic. Oh yeah, this segment was awesome. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. They fucking saved it. Mm-hmm. They fucking saved it. This is up there with their incredible promo leading to their to their street fight. Or no, leading to their I quit match. Yeah. Which is if you haven't watched their promo for that, that's the greatest promo I've ever seen. This is right up there with it. Okay, so this promo was what everyone was what everyone was waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um how are Kingston and Moxley gonna spin the final moments of revolution? Why was Kingston selling out there like it was a huge explosion when there wasn't? Um, so it opens up and they're sitting in front of a fire and they're just drinking whiskey and it's the coolest fucking thing. Yeah. Um, Kingston starts by saying that it's embarrassing, but the truth, the truth is that when he went out there to the ring um, and, and covered his friend, he covered his friend thinking that, there's going to be an explosion and he got caught in a flashback to the last time he had that level of, of anxiety that that kind of panic where he couldn't breathe and he kind of passed out and his mm-hmm. mind went blank. And that's when he was sitting in a jail. That's when he was sitting in a jail cell, getting ready for court, ready to be when he thought he was going to get shipped off to Rikers, Yeah, which if anybody knows is a prison where you go to and you probably don't come out a lot. Yep. Yeah, it's a bad um, place. And he said everything went black. Everything went black. It went. He went blank. And he said, "Go ahead and laugh. Call him less of a man." And he said he's speaking to those that understand where he's coming from. And I absolutely loved this. It was yeah. so real because I'm somebody who has anxiety, who has an anxiety disorder, and when you're having a panic attack, you do go blank. I've been in bed, unable to get out of bed for a week. You can't tie your shoes. You mm-hmm. can't make decisions. You are completely debilitated. So this made absolute perfect sense. And he was talking directly to people who know that. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I don't also, have anxiety, but my wife does. and She understood what he was talking about in the promo. She's like, wow, that's so true. Whenever he was giving his promo. And he's talked about this before. He's talked about how he's battled addiction. He's talked about how he's almost gone away to prison, how he has, I believe he has done a little bit of prison time. But the thing is, you never know if he's telling the truth. He's talked about it so much that he's weaved it into his character. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it just is the lore of Kitty of Eddie Kingston. I don't know if he stabbed somebody with a pen. He said he he says he has for so so many times that yeah. I believe it. <laughs> well, I saw someone online say he could sell um, ice to an Eskimo, so you just always believe what he's saying. Absolutely. And then speaking to Kenny, he says, "This one, it, he says, this isn't one of your video games. This isn't a joke. This isn't funny." He says, "These scars on my hand, I didn't get these from playing video yeah. games." Yeah, while he's putting his hands in the fire and stuff too, it's cool. Then Mox interrupts, saying saying that 
ah, you know what? Kenny wasn't joking. I really think he was trying to blow me, trying to blow me up. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then the two of them just go back and forth arguing like friends would. Yeah. And honestly, like the uh, like uh, wrestling Twitter and wrestling like internet <laughs> fandom has the past few days. Like, oh no, they meant to do this. Oh no, they didn't. No, no, yeah. I really think they meant to do this. Like, I really, I really liked it. He said, like, no, uh, Kenny didn't mess up on purpose. I think he's just incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kingston even says that uh he's like no kenny's trying to be the joker to your batman <laughs> which yeah, Mox I is like i like you calling me batman or something like that he, he's like that's cool but no no, no. he's yeah. like he's like he's like kenny was trying to kill me um and then he says uh and I, he has this incredible zinger he says he's like you know who paid for he's like you know who paid for this impact paid for this bomb that's why it's so cheap. That's why it didn't go off. He says, and then he compares the bomb to a Looney Tunes bomb with yeah. Acme on the like, so with you pull Acme it out written on Acme it. written on it. <laughs> and then Moxley closes by saying, "I had an explosive, I had an explosive barbed wire death match live on pay per view, and all I got was this lousy T shirt." And then he's like, "Actually, this, the shirt is pretty cool, but you get Shirt's my point. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait till mine comes in." And then. He says that Kenny may have won the match at Revolution, but at least I got my drinking buddy back. And then they do a little cheers. And then again, they they bicker back and forth like old friends. And Mox is wondering why. He's like, hey, man, why did you take so long to come out? I was handcuffed for a long time getting <laughs> my ass beat. He's like, what, were you back there putting on your Tims, like uh, making your lining up your eyebrows, making they look great, making sure they look great. And Kingston says, Hey man, you know who I am. You know, you know I'm all about looking good. He's like, this is. He's like, if I'm gonna go out on pay per view, I gotta go out looking good. He's like, I'm forever in 1998. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then finally, uh, Moxley says, "Kenny and the Good Brothers, if you're gonna flash a weapon, you better be prepared to use it." Yeah, and I. This is just perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. They did it. Yeah. I completely bought it because I heard days ahead of time, like immediately afterwards, everyone or many people on the internet were saying, oh, they're going to do some, they could do something with anxiety where he had a panic attack or something. And I was just sitting there thinking, that's a little corny. I don't know if that would work. Like it didn't, I I didn't think some they could pull it off, but Kingston made me believe it. Kingston 1000% made me believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kingston, uh, he's so convincing. I'm so glad he's a good guy now because as good as he's a bad guy, he still was so sympathetic as a bad guy that I wanted to cheer for him. Mm -hmm. So now that he's going to be a good guy, it's like he's just going to have everyone in the palm of his hands. It's going to be nuts. And you know the fans want to cheer for him so Mm -hmm. badly. Mm -hmm. When we get to the segment later on, you can hear hear them chant for him and he actually acknowledged him this time and tell him to shut up instead of telling him then shut up. Mm-hmm. No, so, so excellent. We'll get to it in, a, in due time. Okay. So we go to commercial break. We come back and it's Cody versus Seth Vargas. I've never seen Seth Vargas. Apparently he's lost <laughs> twice on, yeah. on a W dark. Saying this was, this is a two, this is maybe a one or two minute match. Yeah. Not much to it. I think, 
the after the promo, you could see Arn mouth one minute forty seconds. Mm-hmm. I think I remember seeing Arn mouth that out. Yeah, so Cody taps him out with the figure four, nicely done. Um, I don't even think I saw any moves in this match. I think I was getting a drink when this was happening. Yeah, it, and I it's like it. <laughs> it, it is what it is. We knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the real the real segment here is the post match. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tony comes in the ring to interview Cody immediately. Or he starts asking about Cody's Cody's shoulder, and immediately you hear, "Shut up, shut up!" And you're like, "Oh my God, Taz, what's going mm-hmm. on?" But no, that's what I thought Taz. it was too. I thought it was Team Taz at first. It's uh it's Pentagon, and it's Pentagon at the Spanish announce table, and they turn around, um, and then we get a view of the crowd, which was cool. I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. It was a different perspective than we normally get, and he's he's standing up in front of the crowd at the announce table, and he tells Cody that. He's not the face of the revolution because he lost. He mm-hmm. said, had they had they wrestled a match one-on-one, he would have lost then as well. And he's like, and had they wrestled one-on-one, he would have injured his arm and his shoulder so badly that he wouldn't be able to ever lift his, uh, his baby girl. And Cody loses his mind. Mm-hmm. He starts charging at Penta. They start... They start throwing hands at each other it's a big pull apart brawl um and while penta was delivering his promo i paraphrased it a bit but they used alex abrahantis as his uh translator translator which was really good and but for that last line uh pentagon said you know what cody i would like to tell you this with my own voice, with mm-hmm. my own English, so that you can understand that I actually did say this to you. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for this feud. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I didn't even know I, I wanted this feud, but it's going to be great. It's awesome for Pinta to face Cody. That's only going to help elevate him. Mm-hmm. I always say AEW needs to put Pinta on more of their posters and have him on TV more because he looks like a Mortal Kombat character. And if I was a 13-year-old kid flipping through the channels and I saw that guy, I'd be like, whoa, what is this guy about? And I'd stop and watch. 1,000%. He's magnetic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and his and suit that he had on, man, the purple suit so with nice. the gold mask, he looked awesome. And he cut a, so, a, Span- a promo in Spanish better than most people do in English. So, like, two English people, like, English-speaking audience. And he felt all his emotion and stuff. It, yeah, it was a really cool. It was a really cool way of delivering it because he would he would say something in Spanish to Alex, and then mm-hmm. Alex would be would be like, "Okay, Penta says," yeah. and then he would say it to Cody. <laughs> Don't and shoot Cody, the messenger over here. And Cody would start flexing. He'd get mad, and then it would it would be like again, and Penta says, and he yeah. would go back and forth like that. And then at the end, Penta uh, said himself that. I would uh I would break your arm so you wouldn't be able to hold your baby daughter. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh god damn, yeah, Penta what going he, there already. <laughs> he called. He said, Cody, you may be the prince of pro wrestling, but I'm the. What I'm, the, of, I'm, of the Lucha Libre? I'm the. I'm the Lord, Lord of Lucha Libre. The Lord of Lucha Libre. That's what it was. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and the best thing is this is the direct hint to Penta's devastating um, arm breaker. Uh, oh yeah, that's how they're gonna write that he Cody does. off for paternity leave. Be amazing, sure. mm-hmm. and then Cody can come back as. Ah, we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next we have 
<laughs> a segment that I honestly enjoyed despite never wanting to see these guys interact again. Okay, so we have it's Chuck and Orange Cassidy and they're in they're in an arcade and uh Chuck says that they've been at this for a long time or he says he's addressing Miro and he says we've been at this for a long time. You broke you broke Trent. You made me into your butler. You put you put my head through a window. You destroyed Orange Cassidy. And he says, he's he's just asking for one more match. He says, and if he loses this match, he'll be Miro's butler forever. Whatever mm-hmm. he likes. But his one request is that they will surround the ring with all the arcade cabinets that Miro loves so much so that he can smash his head through each, through every single one of these. Yeah. And then Orange Cassidy stands up, removes his glasses and says, and then I'll break you. <laughs> <laughs> and it was honestly, I wanted this feud to be done and I realistically still don't want to see it anymore, but I'll be damned if this match doesn't sound like a lot of fun. I know. When I f- first heard about it, I thought they meant they were going to fight in an arcade, like a, another cinematic match in an arcade or something. Which would but still s- be cool. Yeah, yeah. But th- this is cool. It, um, the thing I liked about this promo, if uh, you followed Orange Cassidy on the independent scene, he was sitting at a Fast and Furious arcade machine, the driving arcade game. And on the indie scenes, like he used to always talk about how he loved Fast and Furious so much. Like Those are his favorite movies and stuff. So that was a nice little nod to his indie days. Of him sitting at the Fast and Furious machine. Well, that's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's also kind of funny because he's th- he's the king of sloth style. Yeah, <laughs> and he's sitting at Fast and Furious. Yeah, <laughs> he's neither fast nor furious. Yeah, not at all. Well, he can't. He can go fast if he wants, but I know what you he, mean. He can. He can, but he's very lazy. Yeah. Hey, this I, would, I messaged you last night when we were watching the show. I was like, "This sounds so dumb," but I'm so in for it. An arcade yeah, it's, match. It's just gonna be <laughs> stupid fun. I know I'm mm-hmm. gonna enjoy the match. So yeah. there's I'm lots w- of funny stuff they could do with the arcade machines and stuff. Yeah, I'm willing to go along for the ride, and Chuck is very good at a plunder match. So mm-hmm. yeah, the, there was there's actually one really funny part in this that popped me um, when Chuck first addresses or first talks about Orange Cassidy. He looks over at him, and he's slumped over in the in that arcade machine, and he looks mm-hmm. at him and he goes, "He didn't even put any coins in." it's i thought that was so funny Mm -hmm. okay so moving on to the next segment and this is another sting interview which i don't know maybe like wait a week anyways yeah um, so tony calls out sting again it's sting i think that's why they do it every week just so they can have tony khan say or not Tony Khan, uh, Tony Schiavone say, it's Sting. It's a meme, though. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, he's memed himself. Anyway, so Sting comes out, and he's talking about the match. He talks about how they won, because Darby's the type of guy who's willing to take uncalculated risks, and that makes him extremely dangerous. And when you combine him, when you combine that with Sting and dark alleys and dark warehouses, it's a recipe for victory. And then he's interrupted by none other than Lance Archer. Mm-hmm. And Archer comes out and he says he's stealing this time. His time is now. He never needed the ladder match to prove he was the face of the revolution of AW. And if things don't change, he's going to take 
more than just time. And then he backs off, walks back downstage, relinquishes the time back to Sting, and Tony apologizes to Sting before Sting simply says, thank you, Tony, see you at the next one, and walks away. And I was like, hmm, this is odd. Like, are we... So Archer's going to murder Sting. <laughs> yes. And then... <laughs> I don't know if I want to... Like, I do want to see it, but I, for the safety of Sting, I don't want to see it. And then he's going to face Darby, and I hope he wins. I think that would be the perfect guy to... Darby has to lose to one of three guys. And those three... the To lose his title to one of three guys, that is Lance Archer... Miro or <laughs> Brian Cage. We've already seen Brian Cage against Darby, so he's off the list. Yeah. So it's Lance Archer or Miro. And I that sounds perfect. Yeah. That's how Darby loses. Yeah. And you can't you can't have Darby beat Lance Archer. Lance Archer has to Lance Archer has to actually kill somebody. Yeah. He yeah. can't just he can't just keep losing. I want to see Lance Archer was it last year? Yeah, it had to have been last year when he threw that dude through the ceiling. Remember that in the yeah. backstage segment? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I liked to, during the segment, before they walked off, uh, Jake the Snake's like, we'll see you around, Stinger. And then like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Then the way he says it, we'll see you around, Stinger. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, Stang. I don't know if Jake the Snake and Sting ever crossed paths back in the day. May- Was he ever in WCW? No, he wasn't. Jake was for a little bit. Was he? Yeah, it was like in the, like, I mean, like early WCW days. It might even still been Jim Crockett promotions when mm-hmm. that happened. Oh, yeah, he definitely was then because he did interact with uh, the Horsemen, I think. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't know if they ever crossed paths or not. But I mean, I'm sure they know each other, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next we had Ethan Page versus Lee Johnson, and this was very unfortunate. Um, yeah. Not for me. Not for me, because I'm in Canada, and I didn't have that telecast. I this... didn't... He, I heard the beginning of the audio issues, uh, but my wife just got a new carpet cleaner, and so she was testing it out last night, and I was like... And she just... She would turn it off during the promos, and then during some of the matches, she'd turn it on. So I didn't hear any of the audio issues this whole match. I, I just watched the match. I couldn't hear anything that was happening, but... <laughs> yeah, so... So what happened with this match was somebody at TNT, not AEW. So yeah, this can, is definitely TNT because I don't so think AEW has uh, audio for. I don't think they can get audio for basketball games. No, of it's got to be not. TNT because <laughs> they were probably showing a game on TBS or something in it. Cut through the feed or something. Yeah, absolutely not. AEW doesn't have access to NBA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So don't come at AEW for that. I saw some of that on Twitter. That was annoying. Well, um, they're just gonna blame it. But yeah, it's oh, definitely TNT and Tiger Driver on uh, Tiger. I forget the full Twitter name, but Tiger Driver on Twitter. Nine X. Yeah, Nine X was said something like that. Uh, whoever works at TNT at the soundboard left to get a sandwich and came back with a pink slip. yeah so like this this whole match literally the whole match Mm -hmm. um they had audio from a basketball game overlaid on top of the audio from the match and it was louder than the audio from the match Mm -hmm. it sucked because i had to go back and listen to it or i had to go back and rewatch to do my notes so i was watching the 
the american feed the tnt mm-hmm. feed and i was just like oh shit this is terrible yeah because this sucks for brian for uh ethan, ethan page. page it all started during his promo too right before the match that's when because like because before my wife started uh cleaning the carpet again it like you could hear him talking but he was really low i was like what the heck's going on and then you could kind of hear like music i was like that's not his music what is happening and then i guess <laughs> it, it was just the audio from whatever basketball game I mean, it's live TV. Like, pal. Even uh, beyond that, the match the match was pretty good. And uh, bef- before, I'm shocked they're making Ethan Page a heel. Really? But I guess I don't know. I just the only I really know him from is the North in Impact. In oh, fair enough. When I watched him, but his singles work has always been as a heel. When oh, okay. he was when he was with Evolve, he was. Okay. Uh, that's his biggest. That's his next most high profile work mm-hmm. especially his feud again his really really good feud against darby allen there okay yeah so before this match um it's we have qt marshall is with lee johnson and they're talking to dasha and qt or sorry this match is ethan page versus lee johnson for context mm-hmm. and he he tells dasha or dasha asks qt why he walked out on dustin at revolution and QT chalks it up to him just being heated in the moment. And I really hope QT doesn't start streaming on Twitch. Um, <laughs> so the the beginning of this match starts and it's just it's just a really strong match for Ethan Page. Mm-hmm. John, Johnson gets some offense in, but Page is just sufficiently dominant in this. He's stalking Johnson all around the ring, methodically breaking him down. Um, my favorite part of the match came when Paige counters an avalanche suplex by simply and disrespectfully just throwing Johnson across the ring with a, yeah. just a body <laughs> slam off the top rope. He just yeah. chuck, he just chucks him like he's nothing, like a, like he's not worth his time. Um, yeah. And then he follows that up with a springboard cutter off the apron. Um, Johnson he comes up hurt at one point landing awkwardly on his leg and and while the the ref is checking on him um page comes in with just a big yakuza kick to the side of the head knocks him sprawling out of the ring right in front of qt marshall and qt marshall just stares at him yeah just super pissed off looking just staring at him (laughs) not even trying to help him or anything and at this point i'm like i'm like oh this is it's like okay so they're continuing this qt marshall heel turn that he's doing and then i remembered if you remember uh lee johnson's first match on dynamite that was when he was thanking everybody all his trainers and and didn't thank qt marshall qt marshall looked upset in the background i completely forgot about that he thanked brandy Rhodes over qt marshall (laughs) I completely forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So this is um, the comeuppance for that, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so then Ethan Page goes outside, grabs Lee Johnson, brings him back in the ring, hits him with, what did they call this move? Um, he hits him with the ego's edge, which really just looks like a like the blackout. <laughs> yeah, like, but he throws him up in the air a little bit more. But it's essentially the same move. It's the uh, it's, it's the, the razor's, razor's edge. edge. Yeah, it looks a lot like um, bad luck follies. The bad luck yes. fall in in New yes. Japan, how he just chunks them <laughs> whenever they're up. And then after the match, P- 
Page, uh, he looks over. He looks over at QT outside the ring, and then just starts stomping on Lee Johnson. Um, QT doesn't doesn't rush into the ring. Dustin comes running down, chases off Ethan Page, and then looks over at QT. He's like, "QT, what the hell are you doing?" And QT just turns and walks out of the building. <laughs> he's like, "I've got better things to do, boys." Yeah, so. and I like he this just little leads. mini feud that it's good that QT and Dustin are gonna have a feud. Because um, I don't um, normally agree with him. Now I just forgot his name. The dude that worked at WCW that booked WCW into the ground. Uh, he always says bro. Oh, I can't Russo. Russo. Russo, yeah. I don't agree with pretty much anything. But when he books, he always gave everyone a story. You know, mm-hmm. Good or bad. Everyone had a story. So I do like it when lower card guys like Dustin and QT have stories too. That's always mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's needed. Um, mm-hmm. It's good that they're having some story within the Nightmare family. Yeah, um, I like that because it's sort of weird. They're all, they're like not a faction, but they are a faction. They're not a stable, but they are a stable. Yeah, because they just announced today that that one dude signed with the Nightmare family, the the caveman looking guy. Oh no, that they actually did that a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. I guess I just saw it. Yeah, yeah. Is a <laughs> that was a somebody retweet or uh, reposted that asking oh, okay. for context okay so the next uh, yeah so that match i mean it's it's too bad i'd probably give it like a 3.75 it was a it was a good debut hopefully mm-hmm. they should probably run it back against somebody else for ethan page um they put that match up on youtube yeah i saw tony's tony khan's tweet i love that it. tony just does that he's like yeah, yeah our provider fucked up again so I'm just putting yeah. it on YouTube. He's, He's got to be that three times. Like the 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 uh, BR live messed up during that one women's show, and he was pissed. And he's got to be like, "Damn it! I I just need all the money so I can do this shit myself." <laughs> yeah, this is the second time TNT screwed up too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, but what can the, he do? It's live TV. Shit happens. Of course, like a yeah. They're doing they're doing this on the fly, and that was completely out of their control. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just cool that he's like he's like yeah fuck this everybody go watch this online I don't care yeah <laughs> for forego the ad revenue um, yeah so this next set segment we saw Hangman it's it's just a, it's a fun little segment about this Hangman was hilarious I love this segment talking about what he spent Matt Hardy's money on. Mm-hmm. Um, after his victory on the weekend and he rides in on this really cool massive lawnmower um, and he says that he's spent his money so far on six bottles of whiskey a new saddle all of Dwight Yoakam on vinyl and <laughs> but he says most of it went to the Jacksonville Public Education Fund and finally this sweet ass lawnmower mm-hmm. and then the Dark Order shows up they're like hey do you have room for us on there he's like oh yeah sure hop on all except for five there's no room for five and he just there's a weight to, limit man <laughs> yeah they tell him there's a weight he's like oh okay and then they're like let's go get ice cream and they they drive off screen and <laughs> this is really funny when hangman hits the gas it tilts back on its back wheels and i they saw all, Cole cabana fall off <laughs> yeah they all almost fall off this mm-hmm. thing and the look on hangman's face it's fucking priceless. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> like, 
it, that that was that was a that was real. They almost all fell <laughs> off it. It almost tipped, and you yeah. hear you heard them all laugh. Yeah, it happened. they're like whoa, and then Five's <laughs> like, okay, I'll see you guys there, and just walks off. Oh, and if you I, notice, Hangman's cowboy shirt was purple. Ooh, I didn't. Nice yeah, catch. He's wearing a purple shirt. Good job with those eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, I always pay attention to what Hangman wears because I want to dress like Hangman. I'm not even a cowboy, and I want to dress like Hangman because he he's always got the coolest shirts. You live in Oklahoma, you can. I do. Pull it off It'd be there. pretty stereotypical if I. My, when my granddad passed away, he did leave me a bolo tie, so I'd have a bolo Ooh. tie to wear with it. <laughs> That's cool, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, so next we have uh, Christian Cage's introduction, or is it? Mm-hmm. So Tony announces that Christian Cage um, is coming out for his introduction. He's going to interview him only for Kenny Omega's broom ladies to come running out. Four of them. And, four, four of them. Again. I missed the four of them. And then, and then Kenny's intro music hits, and then Kenny Omega comes out along with the Good Brothers and Don Callis, and they are just doing some heel shit, taking away Christian's moment. Mm-hmm. Then they walk out to the ring and proceed to tell the world that while they can't confirm or deny whether they were responsible for the sparklers, they are glad that they took away John Moxley's moment. They took away his moment to go out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. They're glad that they took away Kingston's heroic moment. They they took away his star-making moment. Then they, they say, and we're, we're here. We're just going to continue to take and take and take mm-hmm. because they're just fucking evil geniuses. Yeah, they said they took away the, the fans' moment like because they wanted to see the ring explode. Mm-hmm. And then at Revolution, Eddie and Moxley were, they say at Revolution, Eddie and Moxley were left in the ring embarrassed in front of the world. Kenny Omega is still champion. And to them, that's a Mm win-win because we all know what does John Moxley hate more than anything? Being embarrassed. That's why he left WWE and they, everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. And Kenny never expected Eddie to, uh, to come out to the ring to cover Mox and dry hump him in front of the world. <laughs> well, all these, well, four sparklers shot up from the corner posts. Um, but he said, that was just, that was just the cherry on top of the Sunday. And then Eddie comes marching out and Don tells him that, Hey, Eddie. Yeah. I know you. I remember you. I hired you an impact. You, you, I saw big things in you, but as always, Yes, you managed to screw it up. You choke when whenever you're about to get to the brass ring. Just like you screwed it up at Revolution mm-hmm. when we took when we took your moment away from you. And they're like, and you know what? We're gonna give you ten seconds to get out of this ring before we beat your ass. And then brilliantly, they have a timer start on the on the on the big <laughs> screen and Kenny starts lying on the ground and he's writhing around and he's shouting at Don oh my god Don 69 69 69 and I was losing my fucking mind mm-hmm. that I'm watching this on TV and Don does Don yeah. gets on top of him and 69 Kenny Omega <laughs> and they go to the aerial cam mm-hmm. um 
and the timer goes off and there's a big horn and and kenny gets up he's like oh eddie what are you gonna do you gonna hit me and of course this is fucking eddie king you look like you want to hit me well hit me (laughs) so he drops kenny and kenny drops like a stone he's out Mm -hmm. um but then he's quickly overcome by the good brothers out comes john moxley he he and eddie are able to fight off the good brothers and then while kenny is slowly getting back up in the ring christian cage's timer or countdown goes off goes off on the big screen christian cage comes out he slowly walks out to the ring he square he squares up to kenny kenny sticks out his hand to shake his hand christian's obviously not going to do that um so kenny turns around he goes to hit him christian ducks he goes to hit him with the with the unprettier but don pulls him away once again stealing what the fans want yeah taking away that moment and yeah i again i really really like this i thought it was good mm-hmm. i thought don Callis hammed it up a little bit too long i thought he went a little overlong with uh with his time on the Ex- mic but yeah but kenny said 69 we don has made this whole segment worth it one thousand percent like i don't know if they can get away with making a shirt of that but it is piss funny <laughs> they'd have to sell that on like a dip i don't know where you can sell that shirt <laughs> even if it just says 69 me dawn and that's mm-hmm. it yeah it's just just so good and i know there are some people online as soon as this happens just like well we're gonna get the oh my god christian is too old to face kenny omega for the title but here's the thing if somebody is in good shape and they can still go and if the fans want it, I am here for it. Just like I'm here for Edge. This isn't a Goldberg situation. Yeah, Edge it's... and Christian are different than Goldberg. Yeah. I... There's, there's nuance to this. Yeah, whenever I've I've been, you know, people like, oh, you, you're happy for this, but you, you were mad when Goldberg came back. It's My favorite wrestler in the world is 53 years old, so it's not an age thing. Okay, I love Mizunori <laughs> Suzuki. Exactly. It's just Goldberg. I don't like Goldberg. <laughs> Exactly. You you can't be like, oh yeah, New Japan's awesome. Oh look, Yuji Nagata. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah. yeah. Like, notice how nobody's saying anything about Edge challenging for the title because Edge challenging for the title is something people want to see. Yeah. Because he's been gone so long, and he he's proven that he can still go. If he couldn't go, yeah, I wouldn't want him. Goldberg can't pull off his his finisher anymore i don't want to watch that he almost killed the undertaker like it's t- <laughs> when he hit the fiend with the jackhammer it was essentially just a like a shitty power slam mm-hmm. like it was yeah, just a suplex another thing about the goldberg thing is that was like right after the fiend had won the title too like this big new monster yeah. you built up and then goldberg shows up and beats him like okay, yeah it th- that was doesn't dumb. make any sense mm-hmm. you you end up pushing Goldberg and killing the fiend in one yeah. go. It was weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's never about the age thing to me. Cause like, no you know, pro wrestling, Noah, the great boot is the champ right now. And he's awesome. Yeah. And like when Daniel Bryan came back, not that he's old, but when he came back from his concussions, Hey man, if he's cleared, he's cleared. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, Daniel Bryan's been great. Um, yeah. So Christian, great in the Royal this. Rumble. Him versus Kenny, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it was, I'm all for it. And if it turns out that he can't go, then he can't go, and he'll be 
he'll be a manager and a backstage guy and i'll be all i'll be mm-hmm. i'll be happy with that as well yep and i do okay. like that they use christian cage's uh name from impact tna mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. theme song the little countdown thing at the beginning was when he used to use an impact i like jr too like well who the hell's this whenever christian's music oh, i haven't heard his new song yet <laughs> yes you did jr yeah he, was out, he came out last Sunday. <laughs> it, play, it played it played it played three days ago, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because he was sick on the air. That's true. Revolution, That's which true. was I'm like, oh my god, don't put out a guy who sounds like that during COVID. <laughs> Anyways, but he actually kudos to him during Revolution. He recovered from that. Yeah, two, like, ma- two matches while, in. He stopped, yeah, he stopped sounding so bad. He must have got a throat lodging. Lodgings or whatever. Yeah, like he must have, maybe had uh, maybe had some steak or something and had to, like, <laughs> yeah, some some sauce sausage. All right, so the oh my god, this next this this next match, I'm not gonna lie, it wasn't very good, but it was a ton of fun though. Yeah, it was absolutely a ton of fun. So this was uh, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Maki Ito versus Thunder Rosa, Rio Mizunami, and Hikaru Shida. This was, uh, it was honestly a bit of a clusterfuck, um, <laughs> but I mean, well, but in a good let's, way, let's start. in a good way. Yeah. What were your expectations for this one? Uh, I kind of not, well, at the beginning I had no expect, nothing I could, I could have never expected what happened with Maki Ito at the beginning, but kind of just a cluster, just to, just a lot of brawling and a lot of chaos, just cause that's kind of the story they're telling right now with mm-hmm. all these ladies. Mm-hmm. So they were met. Uh, Thunder Rosa's finisher at the end was brutal as hell. That was oh, awesome. Yes. That was awesome. And then when we get to it, the opening of this match is like opening match segment, whatever you want to call it, of the year. Like nothing stopping that. One thousand <laughs> percent. This was one of the best intros to a match I've ever seen in my yeah. life. So. Maki Ito comes out as the third person to come out on the heel side and the faces aren't out there yet either. Mm -hmm. And she comes out to her usual intro, which is her music and her song. And the music is actually playing this time. It's yeah, her Tron video is cool too. All the skulls. So we can hear it and she's singing and then she gets maybe 10 seconds into her song (laughs) and the faces have rushed the ring and they're, they are fighting with the heels, including Reba and Vicky Guerrero. And it is just like bedlam at yeah. the ring. There's just... Sheeta and Reba are sword fighting with the crutch and the kendo stick is <laughs> and Maki Ito, her music cuts, but she continues to sing her song <laughs> and she finishes the whole thing, which mm-hmm. takes about 30 more seconds yeah. as friggin' Avengers Infinity War yeah, just is happening out at ringside. Brawl. I like JR's call it too. Damn it, she's getting her song in. <laughs> she's getting her shit in. Um, yeah, it was so it was like watching the an anime intro. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's like, exactly is... how it was it was awesome <laughs> i was like this is the greatest i was mm. laughing so hard i had tears rolling down yeah, my me too. face it was and so good it was infectious because excalibur was breaking he was laughing mm-hmm. tony, tony was breaking yeah. he was laughing and then even jr <sighs> seemed to enjoy it and then honestly even though the match was kind of shit from that point on, just because these women aren't really that familiar with each other, yeah, they haven't it, worked with each other that often. 
it wasn't long enough. It was a lot of moving parts and it wasn't long enough to really like mm. get cohesive and stuff. But I did not care. You don't need was, to have a good match after that. I was in part. such a good mood. I was still laughing. Yeah. And from what I've seen on Twitter too, is even people who I see on Twitter trash pretty much anything AEW does. They were talking about how much they love that, that part. So kudos to AEW like, for thinking to, to do that. They could have done anything and I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. I will say yeah. though, you were right that a uh, fire thunder driver oh by, gosh, by Rosa brutal. on Riho was by thunder Rosa on, on not Riho on Maki Ito was brutal. Yeah. Dropped her right on her dome. Yeah. <laughs> I wish though you know how they always play up Maki Ito's head being super strong. Yeah. I wish when she did that, Maki Ito just got up like <laughs> like the other did her and like hit her head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you can't pop up after a move like that. That was that was nasty looking. And then we did have a post match to this, which was uh um Shida and and Ryo Mizunami got got a, assaulted on the outside. They got knocked out. And then inside the ring, um Baker, Reba, and Vicky Guerrero. Um, attacked Thunder Rosa, put her in the lockjaw. They were hitting her in the head with uh, with Reba's crutches. Um, Vicky was slapping Thunder Rosa's butt. <laughs> yeah, Vicky was slapping her ass while she was in the while she was in the lockjaw. And then they announced later on in the show that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker are going to be main eventing mm-hmm. next week's AW telecast. In a lights out match, yeah, the first lights out match on um, Dynamite. They said too, so first ladies main event and first lights out match. So we are getting a hardcore. This is the first lit women's hardcore match. This is the first women's main event. Which mm-hmm. I don't want. You don't want to make too big a deal of it, but yes, it's been I'm a long so time happy. coming. And yeah, Thunder Rosa so and, and Britt Baker definitely have put in the work to with their feud to main event the show. And it will be one of two women's matches on the show, which is good. Um, yeah, we're finally getting more than one women's match on a show, too. So it seems like so, when Kenny was tweeting about that, he wasn't lying. Yeah, and here's the thing. is There is uh, there's information out there. It's on Twitter, so believe it or don't believe it. I'm sure, you could, I'm sure somebody could do the math again. That AEW has more has more women's match time on their shows than Raw and SmackDown both in yeah. 2021. Yeah. So I can see that because the, the, they may have less matches, but they tend to give their, their ladies more time. Well, it's, but it's, it's actually, it's even. Hmm. Like they, they both average about one and a half matches per, oh, okay. per show. And AEW's, Matches go on average about ten minutes, mm-hmm. where Raw and SmackDown's matches go about seven minutes. Yeah. So they they actually do get more time in AW, which is uh, I guess that the the narrative has changed there. Yeah, well, that's good. And uh, we've been saying on our on the show for a while that once COVID's over, and they could bring the Joshi women back. That mm-hmm. and the, now that they're bringing it back, you could tell. Before the pandemic, that's what they wanted to go with was the Joshi women. And now that they're back over, they can bring it back over that you could definitely tell that they're building back up the women's division the way they want to. Mm -hmm. It seems like they, that they rounded the corner and they're Mm -hmm. starting to give them more time and they're starting to give them some storylines. 
it does look like those heels that were that were out there in that match are some sort of stable they yeah. haven't i wish they would um put a name to it if that makes sense like actually have them come out and cut some sort of promo about how they're a unit because mm-hmm. they again were all dressed in red they were being led by vicky guerrero yeah and and it was vicky guerrero Britt baker and reba in the ring rosa um nyla rose was not in the ring nope so and makito was dead because she got dropped on her head actually she was up she was up on the stage watching it yeah at that point she's just in the background mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so interesting stuff very excited mm-hmm. for next week what's um because vicky had a shirt with her and nylon it like in bikinis and it said something like the vicious vixens or the vicious like vixens that? that's what they're called yeah. i'm hoping that they bring in all these other women i was gonna say they could they're... just expand that yeah, no, a thousand percent. They should all be called the Vicious Vixens, and it would be mm-hmm. amazing. Um, yeah, so next we had uh, Matt Hardy talking to Private Party in the back, and Matt Hardy's telling them that they need to bring some more money in. Eating some he, grapes, too. He's decided that in order to do that, that he need, that he's hired two more clients, and he introduces them, and it's Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. Um, and private party's like, whoa, really? And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, they're without representation now. They're free. Um, I'm gonna bring bring them in. You four guys are gonna face four poor saps on elevation, and then you guys are gonna be in a, uh, and then we're gonna all take out the dark order together. So I guess we're gonna continue to see Hardy try and take out the dark order, mm-hmm. um, which. I guess so. Um, that's not what we're seeing next week. Next week they have another match. We'll get to that later when we take a look at next week. Yeah, I the segment was okay. The only thing I didn't like is because as any listeners know, I'm a huge fan of Butcher Blade and the Bunny, and mm-hmm. I just don't like that they just kind of shuffled them to Hardy Party after the Kingston thing. I wish there was some sort of resolution, like where they just you know at least tell Kingston like, "Hey, man, we." Why'd you help Mox out? We don't want to be a part of that or something like that. I get it. I get it. That's a that's valid criticism. Um, mm-hmm. One defense of that that I heard that, oh, okay, I kind of like, was that um, Butcher Butcher and the Blade have been, ever since they joined AW, have been mercenaries. They were. That's true. They originally yeah, hired they by MJF. MJF. Yeah. That makes and, sense. Yeah, and then mercenaries brought out of their in Butcher by Kingston. Shop. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay, well, yeah. All right, just, you've changed my mind. Okay. I mean, it's, it's generous. <laughs> that's a generous mm-hmm. take. But that's uh, that's one where it's like, oh, oh, okay. They go to the highest bidder, mm-hmm. and they're in their minds are supposed to be getting paid by Hardy, whereas it's more so that Hardy's trying to milk them for money. Yeah. Maybe they'll beat up Hardy too after they realize they're not getting paid. Yeah, you'd have to think maybe all these people eventually just turn on Hardy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I yeah. can't, I can't see Butcher and Blade really fitting in with them right now. No. No. Well, Butcher and the Blade versus Dark Order would be fun. It would so. be very fun. We get mm-hmm. to, we would, yeah, it would be good. It'd be very. And good. then I, I brought up the grapes earlier because during that segment, Matt Hardy was disheveled looking and eating grapes, and it's a callback to. Oh man, I don't even know how long ago this was. 
10 years ago, maybe right after he left WWE and, uh, he would, uh, when he had his bad substance abuse problems and stuff, he'd always post these live like vlogs of him and stuff. And he'd always be eating grapes. So that's a, a weird callback to that of him eating grapes. Okay. So this next segment is Scorpio sky versus Darby Allen, which was the main event of the show. And I actually, I looked at the time at this, at this point, it was just like half an hour. I was like, are they giving these guys half an hour? Yeah. And then I remembered that the, uh, the, the inner circle war council council was later. So I was like, Ooh, that's going to be a big segment. Yeah. But let's get to Scorpio sky versus Darby Allen. What was, what was your expect? What were your expectations? Um, I actually didn't have any because I thought they were going to go the route since they named the stipulation of Darby Allen didn't show up. He would lose the title, so I thought that I really thought they were going to go that route with Darby Allen not showing up and uh, him uh, having to forfeit the title. So I, I honestly, I didn't even think there was going to be a match. To be a hundred percent honest, I thought Scorpio Sky was just going to get it, and that's how they were going to turn him heel. It's like him being super gloatful that he won the title and he didn't even have to have a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that wasn't the case. Darby yeah. Allen came out and he didn't look any worse for wear at first. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess they're not going with that angle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this was this was a really great match, though. Yeah, it, it was start- really good. It started out heavily in favor of Darby Allen, um, which was surprising, again, considering what he went through over the weekend. He started the match uh, out-wrestling Sky on the mat, flashing his amateur wrestling chops. Uh, This frustrated Scorpio Sky, causing him to lose his composure early on in the match. Uh, Sky would eventually actually... He's actually been wrestling a lot meaner. Mm -hmm. um, Almost this whole year, but like uh, since the pandemic started, he's actually been wrestling a lot meaner. A lot more strikes, a lot more dirty wrestling. Um, we just haven't seen we haven't seen him enough. But like, if you remember back, he was he was a high flyer before, yeah. And he just doesn't dive anymore. If you mm-hmm. notice, he doesn't do any of that stuff anymore. He's very much he's a very hard hitting, focused wrestler right now, and he used that to to focus on to focus on slowing down Darby Allen and using his strength to his advantage. This was obviously to the benefit. Um, because Darby is really good when he's fighting from behind and he's amazing when he's taking just obscene punishment. Mm-hmm. And that is what we saw. We saw Scorpius guy trying to snap Darby in half like a twig for most of this match. Um, at one point, uh, Sky is just ragdolling Darby around the ring with the three amigo suplexes. He hits him with the first two. Darby tries to fight away, and then he turns Darby. And the third one, he suplexes him directly into the turnbuckles, yeah. which is beautiful. It looked brutal. Um, then we also saw him counter a tope suicida from Darby with a cutter on the outside, and I gasped. Yeah, that was awesome. That was, was like, really awesome. That's one of the cleanest reversals of a like high powered offensive move there. Mm-hmm. Like Darby d- did not slow down at all. Yeah. Like <laughs> Scorpio just caught him in midair and dropped. <laughs> like, yeah. It was really Yeah, cuz cool. Darby Allen's uh, Tope Suicida is super fast too, so for, It's it's uh, up there to catch him like that. That was nuts. 
it's at the same level as as Phoenix. It's almost <laughs> to the point where you only want to see Tope Suicidas from Phoenix and Darby Allen. Because yeah, they make everybody else imagine. they make everybody else look that bad. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen someone cutter a tope like that. I was like, holy mm-hmm. shit. That was like legit a holy shit moment. Um Yeah. And somehow Darby keeps fighting. Sky reverses Sky then he reverses a coffin drop. So Darby goes for the coffin drop. Sky looks behind him, catches him above his head, and slams him down for yeah. a for a sit down power bomb that for a near awesome fall. Too. And uh, again, I gasped. I was like, "That is so fucking clean." Mm-hmm. Scorpio Sky was wrestling the match of his career here. Yeah, like some yeah, of the all cl- his counters tonight were just extremely on point. Where everything like, looked super believable and awesome. Like very like on the level of Kenny Omega and Handman Page with their mm-hmm. with their incredible reversals, um, and then Sky is despondent. He doesn't know what to do, and while he's distracted and slack jawed, Darby rolls him up for the one two three, not stealing the match, but just, yeah, stealing the match. Yeah, pretty much because he was getting beat up pretty bad there towards the end he was getting destroyed mm-hmm. and score and within this match at one point darby allen he came down i think it was on uh he sprung over the top of scorpio sky and he tweaked his ankle and again it looked it looked legit um this ankle injury and the and sky didn't actually go after the ankle in the match so it's just like okay this is a legit injury mm-hmm. but then after the match while Darby is lying on the ground celebrating his win, Sky attacks him, gets him in a heel hook, and just tries to snap Darby's ankle in half. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, this was a work. Mm-hmm. That's awesome selling by Darby. Um, and we get officially the full heel turn of of Scorpio Sky and afterwards he's looking at his hands which is a little corny and then he starts to smile and laugh and is like all right this is this yeah, is cool I'm, I'm glad they did that I thought they were going to do the thing where you know he's like oh I just snapped I'm I'm not really a bad guy I thought they're going to mm-hmm. try to drag that out a couple weeks but nope he he looked at his hands in shock and then he just started laughing so yeah I was like, full heel right. turn already yeah <laughs> I mean th- this match is great um higher than four stars I'm going to say 4.25 Mm-hmm. That was I thought it was really good. Um, and normally I would say with an, another high profile loss from Scorpio Sky, I'd be like, ah, shit, come on. But this is one of those things, sort of like Kenny Omega, where being a good, where while being a good guy, he can never get over the hump. He <laughs> can't get over the hump, so he has to turn heel. And now I think we're going to start to see a bit of a push for him. Hopefully, yeah, I, I would assume so. I don't know I why. I see he, them he, like next couple of weeks him starting to beat lower dudes on the card mm-hmm. and then working his way back up. Yeah. I don't know why you would turn him heel and then not use him. So yeah. I think we're going to, and one thing is we haven't seen him for a while now at this point, he's been hurt. Hmm. He had a leg injury. Okay. Yeah. I only know that cause I listened to his podcast and yes, he has been, he's been hurt. Um, he just got cleared for the match and then they put him in the ladder match. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's crazy but welcome back yeah here here's a ladder match his podcast is good too with um it's funny elise williams yeah i don't listen every week but when i do listen i like it 
yeah it's a, it's a good time I, I i tend to watch it so like i'll watch uh i'll watch dark sometimes late at night on my on my tv and then the recommended video it's almost always after that is wrestling <laughs> with the week i'm just like okay sure yeah next and i just keep the ball rolling does um aw put that out or is it funhouse it's fun it's uh or is it rooster, like a joint? Teeth. rooster teeth sorry yeah yeah, it's a, it's a co-promotion though cuz they're they're mm-hmm. always prom- promoting it on uh on AW content as well. Okay, so the main event of this uh this show tonight was actually a a promo story segment. So yeah, I, we don't you, get a lot of that just, in AW. You just knew heading into this that this was going to be significant. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't run a another inner circle event and not have a major moment happen. So it starts off. Uh, Judas is playing. The inner circle's coming out, and the crowd was so loud singing Judas's time again. Kudos to the crowd on this one. They mm-hmm. sounded like a much larger group of people. Like they were they were belting this shit out. Um, Jericho's in the ring he announces that the inner circle needs needs to change their course he says that they've been scuffling for the past few weeks even months and they need a change a new outlook perhaps even a new member and then MJF interrupts he's like no 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 no, Chris we don't need a new member I think what we need is to actually maybe let somebody go (laughs) and and Jericho's like He's taken aback because he knows that he's. Well, I I'm, I sure I assume that he thinks he's talking about himself, but then Sammy's music hits, and out comes Sammy, and Chris Jericho's like, no, 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 no. get this fucker out of here! Like, I don't want to hear his name. What are you doing here? What do you want? I kicked you out, and Sammy says, Chris, Chris, I understand that, but I need you to watch this video. I need you to watch this. And he puts on a video and it's Sammy. He sets up a camera in the locker room and the video eventually shows MJF finalizing a plan with the rest of the inner circle to betray Chris Jericho tonight mm-hmm. um, on the telecast. And, and MJF says, he's like, Oh, Chris, I really, I really didn't want you to find out this way, but get him boys. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> They start putting on gloves and stuff, and like yeah, they start putting on gloves. They and... start squaring up, walking towards Chris Jericho. Um, he and Sammy are squaring up. They're putting up their hands, ready to ready to fight. And I'm watching this. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is kind of a letdown. Yeah. And then, uh, but then you see they once they get to Chris Jericho, they turn and then they face MJF, and Chris Jericho jumps on the mic. He's like. Maxwell, did you think we'd be this stupid? Do you think yeah. that we didn't know what you were doing? Do you think we don't talk to each other every day? He's like, do you think that we didn't know you were going to hang yourself like this? He's like, come on, man. You know us better than that. <laughs> and then Chris Jericho says that. He says, I brought you into the into the inner circle, and I'm going to be the one to remove you. You're fired. And he shoves MGF. He goes flying into the corner. He's lying on the ground. He's sputtering, begging for forgiveness. He's sobbing. He's saying, the, he's saying, the crowd's chanting, you deserve it. When <laughs> all this is going on. And you can, 
it's cool. You can see just like uh, it's zoomed in on MJF at this time. You can see in the background, you can see a few of the people on the heel side. You mm-hmm. can see like Matty Renkowski's legit reactions to everything that's happening, which is kind of cool. Um, and he's uh, he's sputtering and he's crying. He's saying, Chris, I, I, I have to I have I need you to know that I did not want to break up the inner circle. I really didn't. I really didn't. And that's because I was too busy creating my own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the lights go out. The crowd's going crazy. There's women screaming. <laughs> like people are going nuts. It's super loud. The lights come back up. And behind the inner circle is Wardlow, FTR, Tully, and Sean Spears. <laughs> and they just beat the living fuck out of the inner circle. They just destroy them. Wardlow hits Chris Jericho with the with the top rope um uh, GTS. Yeah, GTS. Like GTS that he has where he pulls them off the top rope by their neck into his knee. He mm-hmm. does that to Chris Jericho. Um uh they somebody busts a bottle over uh Hager's face. Yes. They, uh, uh, who was that? That was a uh, Cash, I think. Yeah. They uh, Spears rams uh, Guevara through the chair. That looked brutal too. The way Sammy's face landed in the chair afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, I hope I hope Spears doesn't try to like, oh, I got you afterwards." Because the way Sammy's mouth was on the chair, is like he's gonna lose teeth. But I think Spears may have noticed that because then he just kind of yelled at the camera. Yeah, when he did that. He did it. It was a it was a curb stomp. Yeah, right curb stomp through a chair. Yeah, right through the chair with his face. Mm-hmm. It was like, ugh, oh my god. Yeah. And they handcuffed uh, Proud and Powerful. And... They, yeah, and then uh, they set they set Proud and Powerful up for the for the spike pile driver with Tully. And mm-hmm. the whole time, um, Wardlow is the centerpiece here. Oh yeah, like Wardlow the whole time is focused on Jericho. He look, he's got his hair down. It's over his face. It's not tied up. He's wearing the tank top. Mm-hmm. He looks like an absolute star. On yeah, the, and uh, uh, Jr's putting him over huge on commentary. Jr, like, we're going was, to remember his name. He's going to be a future world champ and all that stuff. Jr was classic Jr in mm-hmm. this moment. This is this is like old school. Yeah, this is mid- when Jr is good. This is old school mid nineties JR. Mm-hmm. He's killing it. Um, and this whole time, MJF is sitting on the top of one of the turnbuckles in his suit, watching us like a fucking mob boss. Yeah, he Not doesn't look mad. No he doesn't look like upset. He's just like stone stone cold. Talking like like he, he just he sent out his goons. To yeah, do like his it's bidding. just business. Like he's not like super mad or anything. It's just but this is what I got to do. And they pick up Jericho. MJF like hits him right between right in the forehead with his diamond with his AEW diamond ring, busts Jericho wide open, then he hits him with Floyd the Bat. And yeah. then they carry Jericho out to the stage like he's Jesus. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Judas, there you go. And then Judas pick and, a, Jesus. and then uh he tells Wardlow to pick him up. Wardlow picks him up in a power bomb, throws him off the stage to the table, like Jericho used to do to people with the inner circle. Mm-hmm. And they just stand there looking like bosses. Oh my god! Yeah, it was, it was Cash that broke the broke the bottle over Hager's head. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just incredible. 
mm-hmm. like honestly the these were these were all the guys that you and I talked about yep. um forming the horsemen on our very first AEW episode. Yeah. And then I saw it on Twitter and I I think I mentioned to you that like even as far back at the beginning of the pandemic, because remember MJF and Spears would gamble on matches and stuff outside the ring, so it's been going on for a while. There is there's a shot, yeah, there's a shot on Twitter from the very first episode of the pandemic <laughs> with Tully, Wardlow, MJF, and Sean Spears all in the shot looking at the camera and it's framed specifically Mm -hmm. like yeah that's not by accident by aw they knew about this way in advance this is why they had mjf tease joining the horseman he used the horseman of the apocalypse in a in a promo Mm -hmm. he's been doing the uh the rick flair uh strut ever since he joined aw and then the only time that we, once we, as soon as the horseman hint stopped, that was when MJF joined the inner circle. Yeah. And we haven't seen any horseman hints until last week. And then the big reveal this week, mm-hmm. this was all on purpose. They've been planning this for at least half a year. Yeah. Probably and longer. And it's, this is... it's incredible. Oh. Actually, it has been a year. They've been doing it for a year because yeah. it was, the, it's been the full pandemic. Yep, uh, here in uh, Oklahoma City is one year today is when the Oklahoma City Thunder Utah Jazz game got shut down because mm-hmm. of COVID. So that's like what the news has been saying. It's one year since the pandemic started for us here. Yeah, that happened. That was the night that Jericho took that big uh, chug of somebody's beer on uh, mm-hmm. on the telecast yeah. when he was fighting <laughs> Hangman. And yeah. then, the, and then the next day they had to do the uh, that first episode with the uh, with the guys in the crowd mm-hmm. at, at Daly's. Or no, that's then they went to Norcross. Norcross. Yeah. No, they went Daly's place and then to Norcross and then back to Daly's place. Just a wild thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that was amazing. Honestly, yeah. Th- throughout this this whole segment, like uh, each little swerve they did, I was just like. I don't know that I like that. Yeah. I don't know that I like that. I don't that I I really don't like this. A swerve of a swerve of a swerve of a swerve. I was like this wasn't this wasn't what I wanted from the MJF Jericho stuff and then mm-hmm. the last swerve I was like holy fuck this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It was really <laughs> good. This is definitely leading to the uh blood and guts match that they were hinting at a year ago when the pandemic started. It they the two teams mirror each other perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's too perfect not to do it now. Yeah. Um, the only thing that's weird and bad about this is that Hager's going to be a face now. I really don't want to cheer for Hager that much. I don't even, <laughs> I don't, mostly because of who he is outside of AW. I don't really want to cheer for Chris Jericho either. Yeah, that's another thing. Like when it's he's getting beat down, it's like, I know I'm supposed to be feeling bad, but I don't know. He's kind of a, a weirdo outside of the ring, so it's kind of like, okay. But it was an effect, yeah. effective beat down. The one thing, it'll be, it'll be good to cheer for. Uh, Santana Ortiz and yes. for Sammy. And Sammy, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking because when they did the double pile driver on uh, Santana Ortiz, it's like, man, an FTR proud and powerful match. Just let those guys go, man. Thirty minutes, just let them go. But yeah, like these these two teams are mirrored perfectly. You have Wardlow and Hager, FTR mm-hmm. and proud and powerful. Um, Spears, Spears, and Spears, Spears, and Sammy. 
and then MJF and Jericho. It's perfect. It's legit yep. a, a perfect blood and guts match. Yep. They are yep. mirrored to a T. Yeah, I imagine they'll do blood and guts match at uh what's their next show? Next pay per view. Double or nothing? Double or nothing. Because hopefully by then crowds they can have more of a crowd. And they might even be able to do it outside in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like uh in the football stadium, which would give them more room to build the big yeah, the structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine they'll do that. And then, because Sammy and Jericho, or not Sammy, uh, MJF and Jericho got to have a singles match too mm-hmm. to cap mm-hmm. off the whole feud. Yeah, just just wild. What what an absolute triumph of a rebound episode from mm-hmm. Revolution. And the thing is, they, they really, other than literally the last 30 seconds of even less than that, the last twenty seconds of the of the pay per view, it was legit a great pay per view. And the, oh yeah, the last match was a five star match for me until mm-hmm. that little fart. Up until because like the uh, Kingston when he saved Mox, that was amazing. It's just that the after that countdown and the explosion, the explosion in quotations went off. That's the only thing. But, but. they they legit. I mean. I obviously would have preferred that it exploded. It's funny. <laughs> Moxley even said it. He's like, I understand that people wanted, he's like, everyone wanted to see an explosion. Or like Kingston said, he's like, everyone wanted to see an explosion. Moxley goes, hell, I wanted to see an explosion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so it's, it'd be interesting to see how they write Moxley off. Um, well, maybe next week, because let's get into the matches that we have next week. We have Excellent Co- segue, my friend. We have Cody Rhodes <laughs> versus Penta L Zero Miero. Or I'm surprised they're going this early with it, but I know. I'm yeah, for sure. Um, one thing Which that is makes me think that this isn't going to be the end of the feud. Well, think about this: Cody Rhodes, Penta, Pack and Phoenix, and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. They might be merging those six guys in yeah, a way somehow. They haven't done like a, they haven't had like the proper elite on tv in a long time mm-hmm. it'll, it'll yeah because where's cody going now like we we don't know um they wouldn't be blowing this off next week if it was the only match within this yeah. how uh, far along is brandy because she's not going to be due because they just announced the the gender mm-hmm. of the baby so they're not gonna yeah i don't know they they could write them off but mm-hmm. who knows i but i saw uh i did see a tweet from brandy that said when you look online and see that people are saying that your husband has to go on paternity leave and she has like a, like a confused face. It's like, no, <laughs> Cody doesn't have to go on paternity leave. I have to go on paternity leave. Yeah. Cody can wrestle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I assume, yes, he will leave at a certain point, but he doesn't have to leave yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next match that this is what I was referring to is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the good brothers next week, which yeah. This could write off Moxley potentially. Yeah. In this match, if uh, they could do something diabolical to him, mm-hmm. take him out. I mean, probably not because it won't be the main event, but you never yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, then, you could do it in the middle of the show to make it seem more real and unpredictable if you wanted to. It It is. Yeah. They, they, they could totally do that. Next, we have Jurassic Express and Bear Country versus mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, Private Party, and Butcher and the Blade. So it's funny. They're not facing uh, Dark, Dark Order, Order next week, but they are facing Jurassic Express and Bear Country. And Which 
That is a Bear fun Country game. and yeah, which Bear Country and Butcher and the Blade is the match we talked about after the pay per view that we wanted to see. So this is awesome that they're uh, they're they're, going they're rolling it. with it. And this picture you have of, of all the wrestlers, man, the butcher just looks like a fucked up Gallagher that'll kill you instead of smash fruit. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, he actually looks like Brody Lee. Yeah. Okay, then the the next match we're gonna get a Jade Cargill match next week. This is Jade Cargill in action, so she's just gonna murder a poor. Yeah, soul. she's squashing someone, probably Which, someone a lot smaller, so she can do all her big power moves too. Yeah, just pick her up and down, smash her head into the ground a mm-hmm. bunch of times. But and poor then, Jade Cargill is all right by me. So absolutely, and then after that we have an unsanctioned lights out match. Anything mm-hmm. goes. Between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, sign me the fuck up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, it's since it's no DQ lights out, all the ladies that were in this the six woman tag match this week, they're going to be involved somehow too. Oh yeah, they might be. They might be. Um, I I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I think that uh, I think Britt's probably going through. Is probably going to win this one. I think so too. Um, because with it being the lights out match, it favors the heel mm-hmm. a bit. She can do more dastardly shit to Thunder Rosa. And mm-hmm. then I would imagine that the winner of this then gets the title shot. Oh, for sure. Then yeah, gets the title, gets yeah. the title feud with Sheeta. Um, Sheeta may get involved in this. Mm-hmm. Like you said, those women who came out, Sheeta may come out to the defense. Um, yeah, this could get wild. Um, it'll be amazing. Just not even just a closing match, but just a closing segment. Like, yeah. how does this go off the air? Like, yeah, off of a lights out match, it could be very, very violent. And unsanctioned lights out matches traditionally are very bloody, which will be interesting mm-hmm. because WWE historically has not wanted to put their woman in anything remotely bloody yeah um on their telecast and aw may be going that route yeah i mean we've seen Britt baker bleed the hard way when she was broken yeah. loose yeah it's fucking awesome yeah and i and think I, if i don't i don't think thunder thunder rosa would be scared to bleed at all she's no she's a tough lady she'll she'll but she's yeah, an mma I'm, fighter man yeah i'm very much looking forward to this match this is gonna be awesome this is gonna. Oh my god! I can't. This match is gonna. Or I hope this uh, pay per view pops a rating. The ratings for last night's show came out, and they were actually lower than I saw thought they would be. So, which is a little disappointing. I thought they actually might get a little bit of the how the fuck are they gonna explain this pop mm-hmm. or explain? Well, there this was also bump. the. Um, they signed the uh, stimulus bill. Here they passed oh, it. Did they? So I people may have been watching news programs and stuff you'd have to i'd have to look at the top 10 to see south park debuted last night yeah we watched that after the uh the shows it was pretty funny the Um, the pandemic special or whatever they called it mm -hmm. yeah so next oh my god this that card next week is is fantastic Mm -hmm. yes like what starts the show i guess the bear country match probably starts the show you could maybe start with cody and pinta or Moxley, Eddie, like, like all three, like 
those top two matches, Cody Rhodes and Penta and Moxley Eddie versus Good Brother, those are main event matches. Yeah, if if I were booking it, I'd start with Cody and Penta. Yeah, for sure. That way, because like I like I was said earlier, have Penta come out first. He looks like a Mortal Kombat character, so because they always usually play a movie before Dynamite, so people watching the movie be like, "Who the hell is this guy? This guy's awesome looking." Yeah, you know what? Just... Play Mortal Kombat before uh, <laughs> Dynamite, and then <laughs> have him rip off then... Cody's arm. Yeah, 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 for a fatality, and then I'd probably put Moxley and Eddie at the top of the first hour, like the main event of the first hour, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then. You could do Jade Cargill just before. Uh, it could go in the vi- in the very order that we're looking at it on here, which would be mm-hmm. uh, Cody, Moxley, Matt Hardy, Cargill, and then Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. Yeah. That, that seems logical to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I can't wait for next week. And it's called yep. St. Patrick's Day Slam. So funny. Ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw that last night and I was like, oh my God, that's the best wrestling show name ever. It's such a wrestling show name. I can't wait. Like, no, like, this will be good. This will um, be in like one of those smoky old arenas with a name like that. Okay. I think, uh, I think. Oh, and goes, also this weekend oh. in New yeah. Japan is Kenta versus Minoru Suzuki. Second time they've ever wrestled. So Ooh. if you're a fan of Japanese wrestling, that match is going to be chef's kiss just two dudes beating the hell out of each other they're gonna slap the shit out of each other mm-hmm. also i think it's jay white versus hiroshi tanahashi too so that should be very good too is jeff cobb still in the tournament as far as i know yeah because from what i've seen from gifts and videos he's having a hell of a tournament yeah he's been just dominating. yeah he's still in he i'm pretty sure he beat evil last he, night he's, because he, he he did a move where he picked up evil in in uh johto and power slammed them both. And Evil's not a small guy at all. And Jado's like a regular sized guy, but he picked both of them up and slammed them off the top rope, didn't? Wasn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah. Fucking hell! I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was a double power slam. Yeah, like one in each arm. Mm-hmm. It was like, and then, oh my god. Yeah the the New Japan Cup it, like it started out kind of slow, but like these second round matches like next week is um, or it might even be this weekend too. When's the fourteenth? Like uh, Sunday, away. Sunday. So Sunday, it's going to be Will Osprey versus um, uh, Zack Saber Junior. That'll be very good. Fuck off! That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So this weekend, if you're a New Japan fan, they they're going to have some good matches. Yeah, I mean, the, their tournaments are so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The the problem is that I I get I find myself getting gassed out because I don't. Yeah, because they'll do a, a so lot of matches wrestling. at once. Yeah, so much yeah. wrestling. The only time I really try to keep the stamina up of watching all the matches is, is the new or is the G1 because it's the G1 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yep all right um on that note I think it's time for us to uh to hang this one up it, oh we didn't go too long on this that's been nice no. yeah all right we so we will see you next week catch you on later. yeah bye bye <laughs>